All right. It's already it is plastic because that's how we started our podcast. That's a fun fact. Daily fun fact for everyone. Daily fun fact. Uh, flow days, uh, <laughs> I just discovered, can be in your first time using it. Uh, the first week, uh, you can use two sprays in each nostril and not just one. But afterwards, you only take it as needed, like one or two a day. So, Carter, um, what is what exactly are we doing today? We're recording the first episode of the Frontal Lobe Development Podcast. The... Frick, no, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to keep that in there. Okay, yeah, the Frontal Lobe Development Podcast, I guess. Um, it's a podcast by Carter Clear, that's me, Jacob Haber. Oh, that's me. And it all came about one fateful evening while we were watching the NCAA Championship. Uh, March Madness Final, yeah. Yeah. Final game. And we had a, what was it, like, probably a. We had some free time. We had some free time at half Blow out. or something like that. It was an awful game, so we weren't really watching. Instead, we were talking about whether a Cheez-It was a cracker. No, no, no. That was uh, that was a part of the conversation. Oh, but it oh, was, do we want to what say how it is started? a cracker? So that started it. But, and that, so we got we, we fell down a pathway of just defining. Defining different things. Exactly. Um, and so we got into the topic of what defines a cracker. Yeah. And... We've come up with a definition that we will talk about briefly. It's before. a very deep ontological issue for you. Yeah, before we get into the main topic of today. but uh, So we defined a cracker as a thin, baked, flour-based crisp, often used as a vehicle for other toppings. And I believe our main argument uh, was that Cheez-Its lose that ability. You yeah, know? They, lose, they lose the utility that a cracker has. Because a cracker is thin. Cheese, it's to me, are more like a bubbled cheese crisp. I, I bubbled shouldn't be in that definition, but you know what I mean. They're not necessarily flat. Yeah. So and they're not really used as like... They're And they're advertised as a snack. Yeah, they're advertised as more of like a... I think, what, what was our final definition for a cheese? It was like a, a baked cheese crisp snack. I, I think like it was that. something along those lines. It was something lines. along those lines. It's, it's similar, but it's just not, it's not quite a cracker. And so... I think it's important to note also with goldfish. I think goldfish yeah, I are because they go in hand in hand with it as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, they're just what's the difference? Shape. Yeah. Well, I mean, between they're just a, a shaped cheese, really. Exactly. I'm sure there's some sort of blend, like something there is like unique, and I mean they're separate companies, so there's something. They're competition. They're they're snacks. They're, they're rivals. They're both snacks. Yeah. yeah. Both and rivals. one smiles back, one doesn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I was, it took me a second yeah, to connect yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but that's what started this whole uh, path, we'll, journey. We'll, we'll I call guess. it an adventure. Oh, an adventure uh, that we have decided to go on to. Yes. So then you may ask, why is it called Frontal Lobe Development Podcast? I know, I, I keep saying the. You keep saying the. That's fine. Um, I've accepted it. I wondered for a minute until Carter explained it to me. Um, but. I guess it, it makes sense. So, uh, basically, uh, in men, is it in women as well? It's men. Yeah. In men. Uh, it takes us a little longer to uh, fully develop in our brains. as I feel like that's a common thing to know. But yeah. in specific, it's the frontal lobe. Uh, it takes until the age of 25 to fully develop. And so, um, that's kind of where our name originated from. Uh, yeah. We were both interested in exploring different ideas uh, and just kind of we recognize that the origins of our podcast were sort of uh, 
sort of stupid. Because who else talks about whether a cheese is a cracker for 45 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we decided since, since the frontal lobe is the part of your brain that sort of gives you those uh, decision-making cortexes and gives you the ability to make mature decisions, well, we're, we're, we're on that journey. We're not quite 25, so we have some time. We're not, we're not quite there. Got about six years. So this is, this is what we'll, we would consider, consider the auditory uh, documentation of the process of our frontal lobes developing, and hopefully you'll you'll see that yeah, um, over the course of this. We just want to explore different ideas that are out there. Um, we feel like there's a lack of um, a lack of people that want to explore and keep uh, challenging themselves in different on different ideas and, and stay curious. Uh, yeah, stay curious. That should be our catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's not gonna be our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and we just want to challenge ourselves uh, to take different ideas and formulate um, conversations from them. Uh, we hope to eventually have people on our podcast. This is just the first episode. Uh, but we want to have people on our podcast to have those conversations with them um, and see their thoughts on it and you know, give them a platform for, to express themselves. Yeah. And some of those podcasts, will, they might be serious. Like th- this, one's, this one's sort of a fun topic. But other of them, the others will be, I mean... Just sort of dumb, sort of like that cheese it conversation. We'll, we'll entertain some of those ideas on here because we think it's important to stay lighthearted in our pursuit of happiness. truth and knowledge and happy. I guess happiness. Yeah. Um. Uh. We will always have a small section dedicated to exploring uh, a quote unquote stupid uh, <laughs> tangent like the cheese it cracker, uh, the cheese it and cracker debacle. Um. But of course, we will have dedicated episodes to such things as well. Yeah. Um, so stay right. tuned. Yeah, All so. right, so Jacob, what is our topic for the day? Uh, our topic for today is blue zones. Uh, blue zones basically are places around the world where, uh, on average, the people there, people that live there, live longer. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's what you say. It's, they live longer than the average population. Um, there, there's been minimal research on this. It's not like there's no research, but there's not there's not a large amount of uh, strictly like scientific studies done. It's sort of hard to do because it's it seems like it's a moving target as medicine's improving, mm-hmm. the the lifespan of the average human being is going up. What it's not eighty now. Yeah, uh, I remember when I was saying it was like seventy or something. Yeah. So um, really, really, these blue zones. I mean, they were established in the late. 1900s, mid to late 1900s. That's when uh, they were sort of pinpointed. But the idea is that in these communities, they live yeah longer than average. And somebody was interested. Well, why why do they live longer than average? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, wow. Um, one thing I just researched because Carter was saying something uh, was the average lifespan. In, on average, it was about 74 to 75. Okay. And in blue zones, they consistently live above the age 100. Oh well, so it's pretty significant. It is a big, big there's a big difference between yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, so that's actually interesting. That that's very interesting. So I think that should it should be interesting to everyone. I mean, I don't know. We, we were we were talking about before this as we were preparing for the podcast. Like, why do you think people would want to live longer? Do you think people want to live longer? That's a question that Jacob was thinking about. Um. I think different reasons go into why reason, or why people want to live longer. Um, the I just just simply googling um, um, 
why do people want to live longer? It, it came up with three different results. Uh, the first one, I think, is probably one that we will talk about later in Blue Zones, mm-hmm. but it was uh, to maximize time with friends and family. And the other two uh, were curiosity and simple enjoyment. But this first one of maximizing time with friends and family, um, it just raises questions because one of the key factors to Blue Zones is this uh, development of social cohesion. And um, we'll get into it later, uh, but Blue Zones typically are made up of just a massive community of friends and family Mm. overall. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it is really interesting. There's, uh, the studies that have been done have found nine things that have been common, or at least general commonalities between every blue zone, I'm pretty sure, at least between most blue zones. Mm-hmm. For reference, there's only there's only five blue zones yeah. which have been identified right now. That's I'll, in a... I'll read them real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, uh, it's Okinawa, Japan, and then Sardina, Italy, I have no clue how to say this one, Nicoya, Costa Rica? Yeah. It's just Costa Rica. It. And then, uh, there's one in Greece, how do you say Icaria. that? Icaria. Caria, I believe Greece. it's Caria. That sounds right. Or, or Caria. And then Loma Linda, California. I'm probably butchered all those names because they're they're not originally English. I don't think any any one of them is originally English. The one in California is a small uh, population that isn't necessarily like an American uh, or of American origin. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's a typical. Yeah, um, no, it's not a typical. City. It's not a typical place yeah. in California where you'd see like. Uh, a, diver- a diverse culture or a population. Yeah, it's sort of um, It's mainly, community. it's yeah, it's just a secluded community that keeps themselves. And that's that's where, yet again, that family yeah. and friends connection, like that cohesion uh, comes yeah. in. So the nine things that have been highlighted, they call them the power nine, but uh, they, they start with move naturally. They talk about how they don't engage in like, endurance running which sort of hurts my heart just a little bit because i i love to run but uh they don't engage in like a bunch of stuff it's just that their lifestyle is active yeah it's very active it's active it's not it's not sedentary at all even when they're getting older they're still active they're but they're not running marathons yeah through the research i see like they just they like set a step goal Mm -hmm. um and they just they just want to be active throughout the day uh they live active lifestyles with like through I don't want to say hard labor, but manual labor, I'd yeah. say, a lot. It's like... They're more traditional in how mm-hmm. they live. They they do... Uh, a lot of them are agricultural or at least working in and around nature outside of that. So that that's the first thing. Second would be having a purpose. I think we should dive into that more later, so I'm just going to leave it at having a purpose. Second... Or third, sorry, would be uh, downshift. So they, they turned it downshift because it's like... A time to decompress daily that'd be like a siesta or like something around those like midday where they just sort of sit down either with family with friends or like it's like almost a nap time or just like a time to relax mm-hmm. yeah relax and decompress and uh, let daily stress flow you could say something that the American culture doesn't seem to have mm. we're very go 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 yeah I so I think we should draw some contrast with these and then sort of the American culture that we live in a bit later. But fourth, and this is one that me and Jacob both found interesting, was the 80% rule. Yes. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Uh, the 80% rule, uh, to, just to summarize quickly, because I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but it's just um, knowing when to stop eating. Uh, they basically, the 80% rule is, like, I don't want to say it's a diet plan, 
but it's definitely uh, this. You stop eating when you're full, like or before you're full, just when like you're when you're satisfied. Yeah, I think it's a better way to put it because yeah. there's a difference between being satisfied and being full. Mm-hmm. You know, like even today I was talking to Carter at, at lunch. Um, I could have stopped eating this pizza I was eating probably with two pieces left, but I yeah. decided to keep fully eating it because you know I didn't want to let it go to waste. But they, it's very uh, this idea is very promoted amongst these blue zones where they're just when you're done eating, like when you feel like you're satisfied, just stop. Yeah, there's no reason to push past that. And then another thing dealing with nutrition would be a plant slant. And that's just the term that this blue zone society has given it. Uh, But that's basically them eating more plants than uh, meat. Yeah, meat in general. They're they're more, they lean more towards a vegetarian diet. They're not actually vegetarian. A lot of them would be what's considered like pescatarian, pescatarian, which would be... uh, basically veggies and fruit and you're basically vegetarian plus fish yeah uh and then red meat is definitely it's not common it's not common in these red or blue zones it's not discouraged but it's not common yeah no um and then another one that i found quite interesting was wine at five that most literally means they start consuming wine at the age of five oh yeah so they in increments, they work themselves up to an average, and generally this is sort of like shared between all these zones, is two drinks a day with food and friends and family. So Another way to build that social. It's social, aspect. and generally they're not drinking enough to really be intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are occasions, but it's not a uncommon practice for like a 10-year-old to be having a drink at dinner. And that's actually something that I found interesting because as I dug into that, I found that moderate drinkers outlive non-drinkers mm. in an average context. Now, that's something that I didn't do a bunch of research on, but I found that interesting. Um, and then the last three of these, I feel like all fall into that community aspect that we were talking about earlier. It's belong, loved ones first, and right tribe. Uh, all of those sort of center around the fact that they have something that provides them with like a sense of belonging. They live close to and in and around their loved ones at all times, and they interact with them daily, at least. And then right tribe, they also have like a very established friend group that they stay with throughout their whole entire life. Yeah. Again, providing that sense of community. So... Taking that, all that into consideration and um, kind of trying to formulate your own ideas, um, it, it, at least for me, uh, it raised the question of why are there only five blue zones? Um, I feel like th- it would be something, especially with the idea that, or with the, the research, that the main reason people want to live longer is to you know maximize their time with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Blue zones are based, are built off of um, just developing that community um, and it, it really just kind of, I don't know, struck a chord of why are there only five then? If, Do you if, think that we have something backwards? Because I feel like I feel like the fact that they're saying they want to live longer to be with family, they're pushing off being with family. Does that make sense? I think okay. in our culture we're, like, <clears throat> working so hard to, like, provide ourselves with maybe retirement or time to spend with family. Mm-hmm. Like, we're trying to, that buy, go, go, we're go trying to buy that time, right? Yeah, we're going and going and going. 
in order to buy that time. When really, these communities show that the way, by the way they live, they live with family their entire life. Yeah, and it's that they're not having that go, go, go mindset. They're, mm-hmm. they're working until they're in their late 80s, 90s with that yeah. agriculture. Yeah. They're, they're, they have their own gardens. They're giving their own food, that plant-based mm-hmm. diet. Um, a lot of these places are on are on the coast, so they're yeah. they have easy access to fishing. Mm-hmm. So you know that's yeah. Maybe we maybe we have that backwards. That's 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 a thought that just occurred to me. And also like they have no need for retirement. Like it's one of those communities that like as soon as you're done working, you're taken in and your yeah, you your family. family supports you. So mm-hmm. you're never really alone in that. So I feel like maybe maybe it's the fact that we created such an individual culture where you live for yourself in order to provide for the rest of your life instead of sort of paying it forward and yeah. having others do the same for you. So you, instead of just yeah, why there aren't five, why are there only five? It's just why aren't, even then it's just, it still raises the question of like, why don't why, we do that? Yeah. Well, why what, are there only five still? What happened? Why are we not, do you think that this is more of a like an older way of living like that we've lost touch with do you think that there was a point i mean we, we didn't do much research past this but i think it's good to brainstorm like it's um, when did we lose that idea we probably lost that idea i this is just speculation but towards industrial like the industrial revolution i should mm. say around that time um i feel like it was more common for like when colleges started becoming a thing because you want to at that point it's like you want to start sending your children off mm. to go build their own lives and yeah. make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when all these technological advancements were occurring, like people wanted to make a name for themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that might be where that starts to come from. That's pure speculation. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I would tend to agree with that. I think that that's probably a good guess, um, maybe another topic. But it's, yeah, it really is an interesting idea. Um, yeah, no, I was reading about the Okinawan zone and what I thought was really interesting is they have I don't know if I wrote down the name of it but they have this idea of like a group of oh they're called Moais Moais? Moais it's M-O-A-I-S and it's a group of five friends that you're connected with for life it's like a it's like your lifetime friends. Like like we say BFFs, they, they carry that out. Oh, so it's it's for a specific definition that I just found. It is a group of people meeting for a common purpose. Uh, it's very common in Okinawa, Japan, uh, the okay. Blue Zone, where it is virtually a, con- like a, a way to connect with your friends or family to ensure that everyone is okay. And um, it's a common practice in, in these Blue Zones. It's just yeah. basically a checkup circle, yeah. I'd say. And they meet, they meet like... I'm not sure if it's weekly, or I th- in some cases, once they're, like, done working, I think it's daily. Like, it's one of those things where, like, they, we'll call it their walking buddies, A built-in right? support system. Exactly, a built-in support system. And when one of them, I was reading about this, when one of them doesn't make it, they walk over to their house, and they're like, well, what's going on? Like, where where are you? Like, you're not here. So, it that is an interesting idea. So, like, I feel like that's something that we don't have built into our culture for sure definitely not um, I, I know a lot of people like exiting college have a hard time making like quote unquote adult friends ooh right like, because I, of that I, I, it could this is a yet again pure speculation but it could because it's such a it's such encouraged 
uh, within our society to go, 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 yeah. and develop your career. And mm-hmm. people have to tend to lose focus mm-hmm. on establishing themselves. Not only like they'll 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 establish themselves in their job, but they're losing focus on establishing themselves like in life yeah. and finding that purpose outside of work. Yeah, there's definitely humorous depictions of this in like sitcoms. I'm thinking of uh, How I Met Your Mother right now. Because I binged that first semester. I watched all nine seasons in the course of, like, a month. <laughs> it was bad. Anyway, where was your support system? <laughs> where was my support system? Uh, no, but they had this idea of, like, couple friends. Because if you haven't watched the show, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to blank on their names right off the bat. I haven't watched it. Um, so you're on your own on this oh, one. Oh, man. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. The married couple, the ones that are engaged, less married, I'm sure it's going to come to me. But they they find this thing when they get married, they are looking for friends that they can have together, like a, a pair of friends that are like a couple as yeah. well. And it's they a have... really difficult thing, right? It's something that it takes time to find. And if you find good ones, then you hold on to them. So it's like there's a whole new dynamic. It's hard to just bring the same friends that you've had because you want friends that you can hang out with like as a couple. And you'll have those friends that you had before you were a couple, but then they still still sort of still see you as like a individual because they were there with you from before. Yeah. Which I mean, that's not a bad thing. I think these uh, moais or whatever they're called are actually based on the idea of having like your friends. Your own set of friends. Not necessarily mm-hmm. a pair of like couple friends, but like Yeah, but like going off of what you were saying with finding that couple, uh, like that friends that are like you're with your significant other, mm-hmm. you find a set of friends. Uh, that's hard because yeah. people are going to be developing at the same time. And even your friends in college uh, are going to be, they're going to be growing at different paces in life. Mm-hmm. And so you might outgrow one another and lose yeah. lose touch. But um, tying back into the idea of, I guess, um, this go, go, go mindset and kind of mm-hmm. uh, how we lose touch of that, or not lose touch of that, but we're, we're focused on that. Yeah, um, I see this very, like, really present in our society with like the grind mindset you know i think oh yeah like rising grind bro an academic weapon oh academic (laughs) weapon just replace it with jacob (laughs) okay fair enough um but it's very encouraged just even like when i had instagram i saw it all the time it's just like i don't want to say alpha mindset i feel like that's different um but but it's related it's related yeah and it's definitely pushed yeah yeah that is interesting um Hmm. Hmm. That was a small little tangent, I guess. Yeah, but going back into, well, we never really lost sight of Blue Zone, but yeah, just going back in and just wondering how a Blue Zone. No, we we already figured out how Blue Zones are formed, but breaking down the the social aspect of it more and how important that really is to forming a Blue Zone. Yeah. Um, something I found in research would be. Uh, like, I I wondered, what what is the importance of, I guess, um, this the social aspect because like we can live our lives out like with just our relationship with our significant other if you have one, or with the Lord you know yeah. that's our motivation yeah uh, developing that relationship um, with the Lord and your significant other or your whoever yeah but what drives us to do that and what drives these people in blue zones to be so adamant about maintaining that relationship with their uh, moai, moais? Yeah, their I, mean, I mean, that's all I'm saying. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think just from a Christian view, it's like 
it's we're created to be social creatures. Like, what did God say? What was the only thing that God said wasn't good in creation? It was that Adam should be alone, right? He didn't find a, a suited helper for him in the animals that God created when God brought them to him. So he said, it's not good that man should be alone, so let's create a helper. And uh, another word for helper would be a, like, a support or a ally in warfare. That's like the... I'm pretty sure it's the Hebrew. I'm pretty sure that's what that was written in. But it's the original translation was something along the lines of a ally in war, right? So it's somebody to, like, go through life with. And so I think that's... Those communities that have established this very... Uh, they've established the importance of a social connection with people that are with you throughout life. I think they've just sort of found that like that there's some fundamental truths that like culture has just found and i think that's part of it being an older culture like that knowledge has been passed down and they they realize like we need that it's something that's not so it's a problem of values yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's or not a problem like a question of a values. question of values and i think that those are values that we've maybe moved on from or considered to be ancient right what and do you think it would take to reinstill those values oh goodness not like we can we'll specifically talk about i guess the the u.s culture uh i feel like that a lot i think it would as well but what do you what do you think are some ways maybe well i think i think that as christians we have an advantage Mm. not necessarily one that we've been taking advantage of but something that we can take advantage of in the fact that we have a shared community that um believes in the same important things like we believe the same things are important we have the same values generally right and that's a that's a shared large belief. community yeah it's shared belief that's something that they put on these power nine is they have a sense of belonging like a faith-based community right mm. so i think that's something that we can take advantage of yeah i think it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see that uh and kind of explore that I, I explore that further I, it would be interesting yeah. to see um, I, think, I think i've sort of exhausted my knowledge on this but yeah i don't, I don't really know where to go further some takeaways there it, the main point is just kind of to present the idea yeah. to it you all list like to all the listeners um we're not trying to really arrive at a conclusion we're just spike questions and curiosity yeah yeah so another area in which we can do that is nutrition i think that that's something that I've personally been learning about recently. I'm mm. actually a science major, so I've been taking a class called Dynamics of Fitness. And recently... I, even t- I took nutrition at the start of the year. Well, then we're both in a pretty decent place to talk about this. Yeah, let's Theoretically. Oh, clearly. Okay. <laughs> Take it back. Jacob's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, I thought it was interesting that, like, they have these limitations on what they eat and uh, just, like, self-control in their diet right a stat just to throw out there 69 percent of u.s adults are either overweight or obese Ooh. i have i've wow yeah <laughs> wow jacob's lived in other countries i'd be interested to hear you that's a give some input on what that's like <clears throat> abroad in the countries i have lived um, I have noticed an immediate change in the the diet. Um, I guess in the U.S., carbs and sugars are pushed heavily 
Uh, and even stuff you don't really think are there's a lot of sugar, so there's really much carbs. There is. Like, they sneak what, it in there. Why, why, why in a loaf of bread is there so much sugar? <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. That's... Um, and that's that's something that was very foreign to me coming back after mm. living abroad for the last eight, nine years. Or it was, I think it was about eight. Yeah. Um, but in those countries, they prioritize eating, like, uh, chicken uh, and, okay. like, rice and beans. Like, that was That's what yeah. made up their meals. Like, yes, they would have um, carbs in it, but... There's like there's also like other stuff goes into it like uh depending on where you lived or where I lived specifically, um, fish was a big portion like a mm-hmm. big role in developing those their diet I guess yeah yeah um, and there was also like bananas and would you say that generally it was less like I mean this summed up it's it's thrown around a lot so it might sound cliche but was it like more or less less processed. Oh, there, it was a lot less processed. It was, like, more... Like, I remember farm, getting... Farm to table. Yeah, I remember getting grapes, and the grapes would go bad in, like, a day or two. Really? Yeah, like... Wow. It would... It would, it was stuff like that. They don't... They don't last too long. Like, we would refrigerate it, and it would last a little longer. But if you kept it out, they're, they're getting spoiled real quick. Bread, wow. we would always refrigerate our bread, our bread because it would mold if we left it wow. out. Wow. Um, it was a lot less processed. I'm out here leaving bread on a shelf for, like, a month. <laughs> it's not doing I don't anything. know if that's good, but well, it's it's not molding. I don't know. That's crazy. No, that that is really interesting. So I mean, yeah, it's. I think this eighty percent rule is something that. I mean, it's something to think about. Like, especially, I wouldn't say if you're a very if you're a very active person. Let's say, like for me, I don't think that this is a good idea. Eighty percent rule, probably mm-hmm. not. But I mean, that's just that's just because I'm running forty miles a week. Yeah. And I don't want to lose the nutrition that I need to keep my bones healthy, keep my muscles healthy, and recover properly. But if you're just, if you're living like, I mean. Like a mundane lifestyle? I mean, and just, yeah, just a normal lifestyle. It's not mundane. But. Mundane might be the wrong word. Yeah, I think it would. But, because <laughs> like, these people live an active lifestyle. They do. Um, but it's so, just a lot more relaxed. Um, yeah. They're yeah. not, even at the start, you said they, not, they don't encourage. They're not running marathons. They're not running marathons. Yeah. They're just. They're living an active lifestyle, but it's, it's I don't want to say easier, uh-huh. but it's simpler. But, I mean, the more I think about this, uh, even if you are living a fairly active lifestyle, I guess the 80% rule might still apply because the more the more calories you burn, your body knows what it needs. Mm. It has an appetite. So, like, you're still, you can still eat till that, like, satisfied mark. You don't have to force feed yourself necessarily. Like, if you're not, like, super duper active, then, like, yeah, you hit eighty percent. I think your body knows what it needs, right? You're you're not gonna. I mean, if you start feeling fatigued and yeah. stuff, don't maybe like, up it a bit. Figure <laughs> something. Figure something out. I think you might not be getting enough iron. Who knows? But yeah, and it's finding that threshold line for yourself because eighty percent looks different in a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. But and I in, in I, even a study that I found uh, U.S. culture. It was, I think it was specifically around U.S. culture, but this eat one more bite. Take just three more bites, and then you can have a treat. Um, this just finding it's it's discouraging the threshold and meeting that, but instead yeah. like finishing your plate. So you're talking about like parents that are encouraging their kids to like finish their vegetables, like mm, eat another yeah. bite of vegetables. I Thank mean, you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not just force feeding people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, yeah, stopping. Yeah. Just yeah, but it's just uh, parents and not forcing, but just heavily encouraging and even pressuring a bit. Uh, their children to finish their plate uh, instead of letting them letting the child decide when they're done. Yeah, I mean, in kids it can be it can be. Kids are very malleable. Kid, kids, well, kids are also 
they're they're sort of manipulators a lot of the time. They're going to go straight for the part of the meal that they like, fill up on it, and then not eat their veggies. So maybe, maybe there's a better strategy here. Maybe you could have them eat a plate of veggies before they get to the other parts of the meal, like buttered bread or something, or Ooh. sweet corn, that are going to be more appealing to them. I mean, I don't want to say I'm not, torture kids with veggies, so but, I don't know. But even then, I'm not really talking about what's being placed on the food. I'm okay. talking about that okay. that idea, like the, the pressuring that parents okay. are doing. Yeah. Because it's kind of eliminating that that age, mm-hmm. like that threshold of like when their body's telling them to stop. Yes, okay. like, you know, it's... You can you should encourage your children to explore and try different foods, but at the end of the day, there are kids and they're still yeah. developing, yeah. and I think it does it it does the children worse by just forcing them to eat everything mm-hmm. because you're removing that threshold mark for them yeah, over that's time. That's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. So like, how would they know what their eighty percent is? That's a great question. It's something that yeah you have to learn. You have to you have to really get in touch with your system because. Especially if you're eating too fast, you might just shoot right past that 80%. Yeah. Mark. I know you, I do that all the time. So. <laughs> Even me today. <laughs> yeah. I almost got a second pizza today, oh, and goodness. then it just hit me after a minute. Oh, goodness. So, um, I think. Oh, I have one other thing that I wanted to mention. Oh. Um, just, just a quick statistic for you. Uh, just thinking about longevity is in the late 19th, early 20th century, there was a study done on over 2,800 pairs of twins in the Scandinavian Scandinavian area that was studying what influence genetics had on longevity versus lifestyle. Yeah. Right? And so what I wanted to point out is their conclusion was that genetics only had about 26% in males and 23% in females. That's just what they came to. Don't know why that's different. That'd be interesting. But that's what they came to as the contribution of the heredity or how much can you pass down in your genetics for longevity. Like, how long are you going to live? It's only defined about to the 26% mark at the high end for males uh, by your genetics. So mm. that means that what's 100 minus 26? What, 74? That's right. the average. 74%. Or close to it. <laughs> Seventy-four uh, percent of your uh, of your longevity influence based off your own personal is coming decisions. off personal decisions, right? And some of those are gonna be based on the community you live in, but it's your lifestyle, right? So I think I wanted to highlight that these blue zones are a lifestyle, not like oh they're not genetically superior to us. I mean they they're probably a lot of old people, a lot of people that are living to old ages are like reproducing in these areas so yeah they are i was gonna say i bet i bet they are probably over time you know there's yeah. no, I, I bet there's not enough data right now to support that because i didn't see anything but i bet their genetics are over time developing because yeah. they're all just they're living the same lifestyle they have a very healthy lifestyle very so yeah healthy. they probably are reproducing kids that have that 26 percent it's helping out because they have better uh they might very well have better genetics who yeah. knows just from generations and generations of very healthy living but uh, something that I wanted to leave everybody that's listening with is that you have a big role in how long you live. I'm not saying that random stuff can't happen, but like a lot of a lot of it's I'm not going to put the pressure on you, but like you a have a, you have you. a say. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it is up to you, and based on the, the decisions you're making throughout your life, um, you're always going to be playing. A role in your own life it is oh, yeah. it's your life this is so true. 
This is true. Um, the the food you eat, the the stuff you put, like the stuff you drink, if you smoke, if you don't smoke, mm-hmm. all that's playing people a you, big role. Yeah, if you in your life expectancy. With the right people, mm-hmm. you get community. If you isolate yourself, all this plays a role. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So I think the point of this the podcast isn't really to leave you with like a conclusion, but rather question. You know, yeah, that you can ask yourself. Yeah. Something to think about. Have a good day, or a good night, or a good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs>